America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. Yes, the greatest nation on God's green earth, but not the happiest nation on God's green earth. There is a massive survey where they look at all kinds of metrics to measure to determine the happiest nations in the world. Now, the United States is in the top 20, but the other nations in the top 20, well, there's some that may surprise you. They tend to be smaller nations. Does that mean that the United States should reduce its horizons? Well, there's actually a statement by President Biden I don't know why it's uh, controversial, but it is. Uh, President Biden spoke to the Business Roundtable, and he said that um, there needs to be a new world order, and America must lead it. Okay, why is that controversial? Well, because it echoes something else. We will get to that. The very latest on the war in Ukraine, there is a Russian newspaper a Russian newspaper that says 10,000 Russian soldiers, according to their estimate, have, uh, have been killed so far in this war, which uh, is remarkable. And uh, that, that newspaper, of course, was forced to take that number down because this is supposed to be a glorious triumph for, um, for Vladimir Putin. And by the way, Donald Trump, who had originally greeted this war as an act of genius, said it was wonderful, said that Putin was very, very savvy, now says on TV what Putin is doing is a human tragedy. To the best of my knowledge, he still hasn't used the word crime. He still hasn't used the terms crimes against humanity, which this is. But uh, look, it's certainly progress. Uh, there's also a, um, uh, a another fight going on when you're talking about crimes against humanity. It has to do with uh, the new justice of the Supreme Court designate. Uh, that, of course, is Katenji Brown-Jackson. Uh, she had a fairly uh, interesting <laughs> and a little bit feisty uh, back and forth with uh, Senator Ted Cruz. They were law students together at Harvard some years ago. Uh, we will uh, give you some of the highlights and lowlights of that exchange. There's also a new threat to the Republican desire and the Republican aspiration to try to take over the U.S. Senate to get that one extra Senate seat without losing any seats that would put the GOP over the top and give them control, not Kamala Harris control. And speaking of Kamala Harris, all kinds of new controversy, a, a brand new book by two New York Times reporters that says that uh, there is deep, deep resentment between the Harris camp in the White House and the Biden camp in the White House. And what does that mean? That means that uh, if... Joe Biden does not run for re-election, and there are many people, including people in the Democratic Party, who believe that he will not, despite his insistence that he's in. Uh, it is not likely that she will be any kind of automatic or easy uh, 
have an easy grasp on the nomination and nor the endorsement of uh, President Biden. On news today, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, has COVID, so she will not be traveling to Europe with the president. The Deep South is bracing for severe storms after tornadoes hit Texas. The uh, Russian military now, according to outside estimates, has lost more than 10% of its combat force. That's either seriously wounded, killed, or taken captive, taken prisoners. Uh, Russian troops were also forced out of a key, um, a key of suburb. And uh, right now, the Pew survey says that about a third of adults say the U.S. is providing about the right amount of support for Ukraine, while a larger share, 42%, says it should be providing more support. How many people think that we are providing too much support for Ukraine, taking the J.D. Vance position uh, or the position that uh, has been articulated by some people on cable TV? Uh, 7% believe that we are giving Ukraine too much support. By the way, if you're in that category and, and you think we are giving too much to Ukraine, you can call and tell me why. Tell everybody why. 1-800-955-1776 is our phone number. Uh, here is the, um, uh, the statement today that... Uh, he seemed to have made it almost casually, the President of the United States. He, of course, is going to Europe for a key NATO meeting, uh, that coming up in two days. But uh, here is what uh, President Biden uh, said, a uh, talk that has inspired all kinds, uh, particularly of conspiracists, who are extremely upset. Uh, listen, this is clip seven. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy not just the world economy in the world, it occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946. And uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. We've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. Okay. Um, now, this, of course, is, it was a, became a very, very sensitive matter in the administration of George Herbert Walker Bush, who spoke about a new world order back in 1990 and in 1991 while he was president. And uh, here is a famous excerpt from one of those first President Bush speeches uh, from 1991. Listen. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. 
Okay, uh, what was the promise and vision of the UN's founders who were led by Franklin Roosevelt, uh, who, uh, and who had been a believer in the League of Nations before that was part of the dream of Woodrow Wilson at the end of World War I. The dream was basically to stop things before they happen that are like the, um, the ongoing slaughter in, in Ukraine. And the one thing, uh, has the UN ever stopped anything successfully? Well, they stopped the takeover of Korea. I mean, the, the fight that we were in, in 1950 to 1953, the Korean War, we were fighting under the UN flag. And yes, the United States uh, carried the bulk of the burden, but uh, there were other member states from the United Nations, which was much smaller than it didn't have a hundred members in it then. It was just getting started, who uh, rose to the occasion, despite the fact that uh, Russia was um, on the Security Council. It's a long story because they uh, Gromyko, who was the uh, Russian ambassador to the UN, I think below. Uh, Russian foreign minister at the time missed the Security Council meeting and the resolution that he would have vetoed. Uh, we will be right back uh, with fears of a new world order and the very latest from the front of battle and more coming up on the Medved Show. Michael Medved. He has control over this world. This is the Michael Medved Show. Michael Medved Show. Coming up, we're going to be speaking to uh, Josh Kraschauer, who is National Journal's uh, senior political columnist, who's just written a piece called How Biden Undermined His Party's Political Future. And it's quite a list and um, quite an indictment of uh, some of the failures of the Biden administration to live up to his let's get back to normal, let's work together, let's uh, cross over some of those partisan divides, uh, just how he blew it in that regard. Uh, and considering that regard, uh, the the question of, about the polling that I think is just extraordinary is that if you look at this most recent poll, and it's from Pew Research, which is one of the, the better polling operations out there, it shows 74% of Americans either think we're giving the right amount of aid to Ukraine or an even larger group, a plurality, it's a 42% think we should be giving more. And that's a, a, a very, very strong indication of uh, why the administration needs to step up and for instance, do something about helping to uh, construct an ability to keep the skies clear above Ukraine. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean flying uh, flights with American pilots and American planes, but it does mean providing some of the Ukrainian pilots who are very well trained, at least in handling some of those MiGs they wanted to get from Poland, 
and giving them that and the kind of uh, armaments in terms of anti-aircraft capabilities that could prevent this this bombing that is is so brutal and that has been horrifying the conscience of the world. Meanwhile, there is continued good news, and uh, that's worth reporting. According to the Associated Press, Ukraine said it retook a strategically important suburb of Kiev on uh, Tuesday, today, as Russian forces squeezed other areas near the capital and pressed their attack on the embattled southern port of Mariupol. Uh, explosions and bursts of gunfire shook Kiev, and black smoke rose from a spot in the north. Intensified artillery fire could be heard from the northwest, where Russia has sought to encircle and capture several suburban areas of the capital. Uh, residents sheltered at home or underground under a 35-hour curfew imposed by city authorities led by uh, the Vasily Klitschko, the mayor. Russian forces also continued their siege of Mariupol after the southern port city's defenders refused all demands to surrender. With fleeing civilians describing relentless bombardments and corpses lying in the streets, but the Kremlin's ground offensive in other parts of the country advanced slowly or not at all, knocked back in some cases by lethal hit-and-run attacks by the Ukrainians. Early Tuesday today. Ukrainian troops drove Russian forces out of the Kiev suburb of uh, Makhiv after a fierce battle. Ukraine's defense ministry uh, reported on the battle. They regained territory, allowed Ukrainian forces to retake control of a key highway and to block Russian troops from surrounding Kiev from the northwest. The one thing that is most clear here is the gross underestimation of the ability of of Ukrainians to fight back against this hideous invasion. How hideous? The Russians' invasion, reports the Associated Press, has uh, driven more than 10 million people from their homes. Almost a quarter of Ukraine's pre-war population, according to the UN. The UN has confirmed 953 civilian deaths while saying the real toll is probably much higher. Now, how do they get this 10 million? That's people, in some cases, who have moved from places like Mariupol to Lviv, which is in the west and has less presence of Russians nearby. It's not only the 4 to 5 million who uh, have actually fled from uh, Ukraine to go mostly to Poland or to other nations. They're going to be tens of thousands who are coming right here to Seattle because we have in Seattle area one of the larger Ukrainian American communities and uh, and there appears to be great eagerness to try to help people which is a a good thing Uh, estimates of Russian military casualties in the grinding war have been hard to come by and vary but even conservative figures by Western military officials are in the low thousands Russia has not given an update since it said March 2nd that 498 soldiers had been killed in action in Ukraine. That, of course, being 19 days ago. Russia's uh, pro-Kremlin Komsomolskaya Pravda newspaper, citing the defense ministry, ministry briefly reported yesterday that 10,000 Russian soldiers had been killed, which would be far more, almost double the number of uh, killed in action 
that we had in over 20 years in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq combined, which is a, a, a terrible loss of life. The report was quickly removed from the newspaper, and the newspaper blamed hackers. The Kremlin refused to comment Tuesday. Facing unexpectedly stiff resistance, Russian President Vladimir Putin's forces are increasingly concentrating their air power and artillery on Ukraine's cities and the civilians living there. A senior U.S. defense official, speaking on a condition of anonymity to discuss the military's assessment, said Russia had increased its air sorties, carrying out as many as 300 over a 24-hour period. That's why the key help we can uh, give to the Ukrainians, to our allies here, and they are, is uh, an ability to prevent all of those sorties from accomplishing their mission, which is often to blow up apartment buildings and shopping centers and art schools and uh, hospitals and kindergartens and more. Uh, U.S. and British officials say Kiev remains uh, Russia's primary objective. The bulk of Moscow's forces remain miles from the center, but missiles and artillery have destroyed apartment buildings and a large shopping mall, which was left a smoking ruin after being hit Sunday by strikes that killed eight people. And apparently they used an, an unusually formidable bomb. Uh, speaking of which, there is more talk about precisely the kind of nuclear weapons and the way that those nuclear weapons would be used if, as many people increasingly fear, uh, Putin feels cornered and desperate and turns to that nuclear option. What does that mean? It means probably a smaller size nuclear weapon, just to show that he's willing to do it and to scare people about some nuclear weapons that the Russians do have that are 3,000 times more potent than uh, what was dropped on Hiroshima. Uh, is that in our future? God forbid. We will get to that and more and the latest on the uh, Jackson Supreme Court hearings coming up on the Medved Show. Medved Show, 1-800-955-1776, our phone number. Uh, President Biden had a warning today, not what uh, I think is of most concern, the idea that uh, President Putin would order some kind of atomic attack, uh, maybe not even a hydrogen bomb, but some kind of major either atomic or hydrogen bomb and maybe even as a demonstration to scare people, uh, what we should be getting ready for more immediately is something that could impact America very profoundly. It's just cyber. But uh, look, today my administration is issuing new warnings that based on evolving intelligence, Russia may be planning a cyber attack against us. As I said, the magnitude of Russia's cyber capacity is fairly consequential. And it's coming. The federal government is doing its part to get ready. But under U.S. law, as you all remember, the private sector, all of you, 
largely decides the protections that is we will or will not take. Okay, and what he's urging people to do is to ask private individuals to take every precaution they can because the security and the prosperity of the country really depends on that. And concerning the idea that Ukraine does have some pilots who are trained, they're trained particularly to use those MiG aircraft, which uh, Poland has actually volunteered and it's uh, some more than 20 aircraft, so it could make a real difference in a small air force. Here is uh, their one Ukrainian fighter pilot who, uh, decked out in his uniform, uh, appeared on CNN. And here's what he had to say. Clip 15. It's just my job. I was trained for this. Uh, so I, I was ready for this, uh, uh, for this war. Uh, and uh, I was preparing for this war as well as my uh, uh, colleagues. So all of us are ready uh, to fight just with, with our jets, with our guns, uh, even just uh, in the field with, uh, with a rifle. So our people, and uh, including me, we are ready to fight Russians and we are ready to defend our country. Uh, to defend our people uh, in absolutely any ways. And look, the morale is really amazing to see. And uh, there have been several interviews now that have been broadcast, published, with uh, some of the estimated 20,000 uh, volunteers from abroad, about a fourth of them from America, uh, who have uh, rushed over to Ukraine to try to help. Many of them people with some military experience that could be useful. Many of them people who are utterly new to the entire idea of holding armaments and using them in battle. And they're being... On both sides, the idea was to deter strikes with uh, threats of vast retaliation, with uh, mutually assured destruction or MAD. The psychological bar was so high that nuclear strikes uh, came to be seen as unthinkable. Well, not to uh, Vladimir Putin and his Russian cohorts, which is uh, extremely sobering. Uh, this piece reports that analysts note that uh, Russian troops have long practiced the transition from conventional to nuclear war, especially as a way to gain the upper hand after battlefield losses. And the military, they add, uh, wielding the world's largest nuclear arsenal, has explored a variety of escalatory options that Mr. Putin might choose from. The chances are low but rising, said Ulrich Kuhn, who is a nuclear expert at the University of Hamburg and the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. The war is not going well for the Russians. And the pressure from uh, the West is increasing. Mr. Putin might fire a weapon at an uninhabited area instead of at troops, uh, Dr. Kearns said. In a 2018 study, he laid out a crisis scenario in which Moscow detonated a bomb over a remote part of the North Sea as a way to signal deadlier uh, strikes to come. It uh, 
feels horrible to talk about these things, Dr. Kern said in an interview. But we have to consider that this is becoming a possibility. Washington expects more atomic moves from Mr. Putin in the days ahead. Moscow is likely to increasingly rely on its nuclear deterrent to signal the West and project strength as the war and its consequences weaken Russia. Lieutenant General Scott D. Bernier, who is director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, told the House Armed Services Committee uh, last Thursday. President Biden is traveling to a NATO summit in Brussels this week to discuss the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The agenda is expected to include how the Allies would respond if Russia employs chemical, biological, cyber, or nuclear weapons. And one of the things that they point out here is right now both Russia and the United States have been developing smaller nuclear weapons, smaller than what was dropped on Hiroshima. But that even uh, a weapon of that size with about one half the uh, deadly power of Hiroshima, that if that were dropped in New York City, for instance, in midtown Manhattan, at least 500,000 people would die. And that's for a little bomb. They're talking about here a secondary exchange, a follow-up exchange between Russia and the United States. Uh, the initial exchange could be 34 million people dead, and a follow-up exchange uh, would be at least 90 million people dying, which is more than died in the entire years, 1939 to 1945, of World War II. Uh, the idea that people are even talking about this now Yes, of, of course, it should make people concerned, uh, but not to lose resolution, because if Putin gets away without serious consequences and has any claim that he's actually won the war after launching it for no reason and on no pretext and with irrational expectations, then uh, what about the next time? We will get to that and more coming up on the Medved Show. Medved. In my opinion, he's the most powerful man in the world. This is the Michael Medved Show. 1-800-955-1776. The Michael Medved Show. about the war and the progress of the war. Uh, one um, very sad and one just remarkable. Uh, the one that's very sad is uh, Boris uh, Romanchenko eluded death at Hitler's hand. He survived forced labor and detention in four different concentration camps during the Holocaust as Europe became a killing field in the 1940s. Last week, his life was snuffed out by Russian President Vladimir Putin's onslaught in Ukraine, according to a foundation memorializing Nazi crimes. 
Romanchenko, who is 96 years old, was killed when a Russian missile struck his apartment building in Kharkiv, in uh, the second largest city in Ukraine that has been under savage bombardment. It is with horror that we report the violent death of Boris uh, Romanchenko in the war in Ukraine, read a statement on the website of the Buchenwald and uh, Mittelbau Dorn Memorials Foundation. The foundation said it learned of the elderly man's death from his son and granddaughter. Romanchenko's horrific death, the statement continued, shows how threatening the war in Ukraine is for concentration camp survivors. Now, this again, the, the terrible irony here is uh, that, that Putin claims that what he is fighting here is Nazism. So here is one of those brave souls who managed to escape the Nazis. For many years, he, he served, by the way, as vice president for Ukraine on an international committee for Buchenwald survivors. And in a ceremony in 2015, uh, Boris recited an oath in uh, Russian spoken by survivors of the camp, which has become known as the Oath of Buchenwald. It concludes with a pledge to build a new world of peace and freedom as our ideal. As of Sunday, 2,421 civilian casualties have been recorded in Ukraine by the United Nations, including 925 deaths. Over the weekend, uh, media in Kharkiv quoted authorities saying 266 people, including 14 children, had died in the city. And then on a brighter note, um, Vladimir Zelensky has been speaking everywhere. He spoke to the Italian parliament very well. And everywhere he goes, uh, in the British parliament, he echoed uh, Churchill in uh, speaking to the U.S. Congress. He talked about, I have a dream, and he talked about, I have a need. He has a need for some um, more equipment. And uh, he has been turned down for the first time that I've heard of to a place that he might have spoken, and it's kind of a shame. Amy Schumer. Now, what does she have to do with Zelensky? Just wait. Amy Schumer is one of the hosts for this year's Oscar ceremony, which is coming up this Sunday night. And the train wreck actress has revealed that her request to include a broadcast from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky was rejected by producers of the Oscar show. I think it's too bad. I, I mean, given the fact that uh, this is one of those issues where people in the entertainment industry have actually been on the right side, I mean, overwhelmingly and passionately. And uh, that terrific song that we played from Five for Fighting, which has gone on to to reach literally tens of millions of people by uh, John Andrasik. His real name is Vladimir John Andrasik. He's from a Slovakian ancestry. But it, it, that has made a real impact. And they should do something to mark the war in Ukraine. This is not uh, irrelevant to people. It will be on people's minds. And frankly, I think it would have helped with the ratings for the Oscar show. Because, I mean, it's going to be hosted by Wanda Sykes, 
and uh, Regina Hall and uh, and Amy Schumer. And uh, for all those three co-hosts, it it gives some meaning to what they're doing. And and yes, there are a lot of people who make movies who care about issues of human life and decency and opposed to a fascism and uh, the the evil that that Putin represents. And and by the way, uh, Putin, of course, loves to be the center of media attention it would also tick him off big time. They could give Zelensky a special Oscar for his very successful TV series, which, by the way, you can watch now. It's been dubbed into English. And the TV series is called Servant of the People. And it's with uh, Zelensky, before he ever got into politics, playing a history teacher, just a regular history teacher in high school, who uh, uh, delivers an epic uh, rant about corruption and how you need different leadership, and somebody tapes it, and boom, he ends up winning the election. Well, his life kind of followed that path. I think that's too bad. Somebody else who followed the path from a TV star to president, Donald J. Trump, was on Fox News and gave his most acceptable statement, I, I believe, so far, and made acceptable in the sense of, of being part of the mainstream here, uh, where he spoke about the human tragedy of Ukraine. Uh, this is clip eight. Things like, don't you dare send anything in. In the meantime, he's killing thousands and thousands of people. So he's acting like we're an aggressor. If we send in some old 44-year-old plane that probably gets shot out of the sky pretty quickly, and he's acting like we were terrible people if we do that, but he's killing tens of thousands of people, far more than they're reporting. You don't knock down those buildings and blow up those buildings, and they say two people were injured slightly, and thousands of people are being killed. And when he says, don't you dare do that, and we all say, oh, he said don't do it, we don't want to start. The fact is that what he's doing is a human tragedy. There's not been anything like this in a sense, maybe ever, but certainly since World War II, when you look at it, but there's never been anything like this. Okay, uh, there were things like this, Mr. President. There were things like this, certainly, in World War II, like the attack on Poland, uh, which uh, Russia also participated in. Most people don't remember that. Russia was allied with uh, Germany, with Nazi Germany, Hitler and Stalin got together. And while uh, Germany was advancing onto Poland from the uh, west, uh, Russia was advancing onto Poland and gobbling up not just Poland, but the Baltic uh, republics uh, from the east. And it was a horrible thing. Uh, and uh, speaking of horrible things, uh, something else in uh, in Russia, uh, Alexei Navalny, who is Putin's main political rival, he he would actually give Putin a race if he were uh, out, uh, let out of jail. Putin had tried to poison him to death. He survived. He has already been sentenced to nine years in prison for fraud. Uh, his spokesperson says 
they were preparing for this uh, long sentence that she believes was at the discretion of Vladimir Putin, uh, the prosecution wanted 13 years. Uh, here is uh, Alexei Navalny, uh, clip 22. Well, this is uh, not a surprise that uh, Putin would like to keep Alexei in prison for as long as he is in power. We are completely sure that this is his direct order to uh, imprison Alexei. And uh, we see that, all, well, this 13 years of strict regime which prosecutor's office um, asked for Alexei uh, is um, insanely huge term. I mean, even in Russia, even murderers get, in average, about seven years. And so 13 years for so-called economic uh, crime uh, is just too huge. And the fraud he is just convicted of uh, it, it involves his criticism of Putin very directly. There's another media counterattack, an attack by uh, Russian Kremlin media on Arnold Schwarzenegger. I can't believe it. They are viewing him now as a responsible party for this war. Why? We will get to that coming up on the Medved Show. We'll also uh, talk about the damage to the Democratic Party performed by the disappointing performance of Joe Biden in this greatest nation on God's green.